sports staff of the Holland Sentinel. This is From the Press Box. With your hosts, Brian Vernellis, Dan Diadonna, and Chris Zatarazny. Welcome back to another edition of From the Press Box, the Holland Sentinel Sports Staff's weekly podcast, where we talk anything and everything sports. I am sports editor Dan Diadonna, alongside assistant sports editor Chris Zatarazny. And we've got a little more laid-back approach today uh, in our different uh, seating venue for this podcast, just in case you guys cared how we were uh, how we were sitting to by. Had to, had to copy talk. the news end of things. They were they were relaxing over here. Yeah, yeah. This is uh, this is much better. I have I have no doubt we're going to have much better insight because oh, yeah. of the relaxation we're able to have in here. Indeed. So um, we got a lot to talk about. Hope men's and women's basketball. A lot of other sports in their playoffs. Getting ready for the finale of high school uh, basketball and at least the high school basketball doubleheaders as the boys district start next week. Um, but today I want to start on a, I guess, a sad note. Yeah. I mean, it is a yeah, sad note. Yeah, it is. Um, former Brooklyn Dodgers pitcher Don Newcomb died today. Um, I think he was, what, 92? He was up there, um, yeah. He is not in the Hall of Fame, and I can get to that in a second because <laughs> you know me. Um, and he should be. But to start, for all you Tiger fans out there, uh, that know that Justin Verlander has won a Rookie of the Year, an MVP, and a Cy Young Award, all three major awards. There's only one other pitcher, or one, it has to be a pitcher, one other pitcher in the history of the game to win all three major awards, Don Newcomb. Uh, so he and Verlander have, have that in common. And think about it, Verlander just got that in relative time, if you know, a few yep, years ago yeah. now. Um, so Newcomb had that all to himself for like 60 years, which is incredible. That's, that's amazing. Um, Four-time All-Star. Yeah, he was. Uh, he he started his career in the Negro Leagues, uh, pitched for the Newark Eagles, and um, I believe was a part of their 1946 Negro League championship team right before uh, right before Jackie Robinson broke the color barrier. Uh, he soon followed to the major leagues. With, uh, followed Jackie directly to Brooklyn, uh, where he and Jackie and Roy Campanella became um, pivotal parts of the Brooklyn success. Uh, they uh, he won the Rookie of the Year, and they went to the World Series uh, a lot. They lost to the uh, they lost to the Yankees in '47 before he got there. When Jackie Robinson, they also lost to the Yankees in '49. They also lost to the Yankees in 52. Wow. They also lost to the Yankees in 53. They also lost to the Yankees in 56, but they beat them in 55. There you go. Uh, Finally. So, <laughs> took them long enough. Can you imagine a Subway series like that every, just about every year? That would I mean, be that's incredible, right? I can't imagine the boroughs of New York going crazy at each other. And if, <laughs> if it wasn't the Mickey Mantle, Whitey Ford, Yogi Berra era of the Yankees, the Brooklyn Dodgers could have won eight World Series instead of one. Yeah, you know, like it's just kind of crazy that that uh, that that happens. And um, so Don Newcomb, uh, he had a relatively short career because he, you know, he was in the Negro Leagues a little bit. He also was in the military, um, so he missed some time in the military during Korea, um, and never really, never really got a ton of Hall of Fame support. Uh, he had a short career. He had like 100, 150 wins. Um, but he won the three major awards. The knock against him was he never won the big game uh, because he lost to the Yankees quite a bit in the World Series. 
Um, and he was the starting pitcher in the year, a year they didn't play the, the Yankees in the, um, World Series was 1951 with the famous Bobby Thompson shot heard around the world. The Giants win the pennant. The yeah. Giants win the pennant. Don Newcomb started that game for Brooklyn and left with the lead, and the bullpen blew that. So he didn't win that game either. But he got them to the World Series and to a, a playoff to the for the pennant like every year. Yeah. Like this is – That's I mean, incredible. It's incredible. And he was the first star black pitcher in the major leagues. And um, he had one game. The year he won, uh, 1956, he won the MVP and the Cy Young. He won like 28 games. You know, no biggie. You know, <laughs> like um, it's just crazy. So uh, I think as a pioneer, uh, you know, pitcher, uh, racial pioneer in the Major League Baseball, plus being a great pitcher with winning the three major awards, to me, I think uh, there's probably a few players that should get in ahead of him, but I think that that's a that's a legit Hall of Fame case, absolutely, uh, on the basis of the whole encompassing um, career and what it stands for, not just the numbers. Yeah, I would um, venture to guess that if had they won at least a couple more World Series, there would be a much bigger uh, voice to have him in. Absolutely, absolutely, and he was and he was fantastic. And then even more pivotal to life in general, he became he. Uh, he was an alcoholic during yes. the end, late, later part of his career and after his career. And he fought those demons for a long time and was able to get past it. And then he became one of the most pivotal alcohol abuse speakers around the country and he, and helping with legislation and everything to help addiction. So, I mean, you, that's a, that's a, that's a legendary figure that we lost, um, that we lost today um and just you know what a week after frank robinson who yeah, was just about. pioneering manager only MV- another with the another one with the numbers the only mvp winner in both leagues yeah i love the numbers like the baseball has that nobody 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 goes well it's the only person to win the mvp in the nfc and the afc no um but that's t- that's two incredible trailblazing pioneer and darn good baseball players you know that yeah. were lost in one week, and uh, they usually come in threes. I really f- don't want it to. Uh, I hope that, that this is it because this is enough that baseball has lost these uh, legends that taught us so much more about than just about the game uh, yeah. during their careers. So um, let's move on to another departure that we just learned about. Yeah. Um, Chris, you want to you want to talk about uh, you know what we learn from social media sometimes? Yeah, it's interesting how social media can tell us a lot of things that are going on around our area. Uh, we just found out today, um, I think maybe 10 minutes before we started this podcast, or at least 10 minutes from now, um, that Andrew Prattley has resigned as the Holland head football coach. Um, he has taken a job um, to be the head football coach at St. Joseph High School. Um, so that's a, a bit shocking. Um, he's been here for six years, I believe. Um, and he, he posted um, a personal, um, uh, I guess, post, you want to say. Uh, on our Facebook in a Facebook group uh, for Holland High School football, and it's on Twitter uh, right now. So we'll be chatting with him about that decision uh, later this evening, and it'll be in the Sentinel um, sometime this week. So uh, a big move, though. I mean, honestly, didn't really expect that to happen, considering he has um, his kids in this district and his son was playing quarterback this past year with all the injuries they've had. Um, so we'll see how that affects um, his family and, and the football yeah. uh, team moving forward. Yeah, it's a bummer uh, for Holland. I mean, uh, obviously. Um Good luck to to Coach Bradley at yeah. St. Joe. He's always been 
one of the the best coaches to talk with straight shooter um but he um and i know that that chris and i have talked about this before it is very apparent immediately when he got here how invested he was in the kids as kids yes not just as football players or whatever he um and that i to me that's the thing that the mo the biggest thing that makes him such a great coach is he is invested in the well-being and the future of these kids whether it be in football or not in football or whatever yes. and yes. um and that is going to be tough to replace because it's really tough to find coaches that are that far now we have a few in this area which is very lucky for for a lot of kids but that was huge for holland at a time where they really needed it they had gone through um having a, a a lot of coaching changes in the football program over the course of a you know a few years and um not only did he come in as like this stabilitating force he because he was not going anywhere he was able to dig in yeah uh, with yep. these kids and i think that, that was uh that's that's going to be that's definitely going to be missed that's going to be big shoes to fill um but uh congratulations on the new gig coach prattley um all right let's move on to uh the hope basketball we got the miwa tournaments coming up uh the hope men play at calvin tomorrow they have lost to calvin by like hardly anything two points three points <laughs> two games in a row in the last two games poor starts and comebacks that took too long to get there um and ended up just short you know it seems like you know they're getting uh obviously they lost to albion on saturday to make them go to calvin tomorrow for this uh, quarterfinal matchup but at the same time they wanted calvin again yeah well they would have wanted him at home but why wouldn't you but so it may backhandedly work in their favor. It's very hard to beat a, t- a team three times in the same season. For sure. Very Especially difficult. when they're that, they've been that close. Yes. Um, and if, if Hope plays like they did, not Saturday, but the previous week of winning four games in a row, including three in a single week, they, I mean, they'll be moving on if they play like that. But if they play like they did Saturday, they won't. Yeah. And they're going to need, they're going to need everyone to contribute at, at this point. I mean, it didn't look good for them on Saturday. They just didn't have it all together. And now they've got a couple guys that made the all MIAA uh, second team, Jason Beckman and Riley Lewis on their, in their backcourt. They've been pivotal in games all season long, but they both have to step up um, and, and play their best games of the season. Obviously, you want to against your rival, and, and this is a chance for them to do that. Um, but Calvin landed Derek DeVries in the first team. Um, but he's their only guy that, that, that was an all MIAA player. So, right, when he's there, it runs through him. Yeah, I mean they he beat them almost single-handedly the first time and then other he allowed others to beat them while they focused on him in the second game. Yeah, so yeah. um but isn't that funny Jason Beckman we you know was, you know talking about possibly an all-American last year. He's on the second team. Yeah. Now I know part of that is where they finished in the standings. But Certainly. if you halfway through the year I would have never guessed he and Riley Lewis were on the second team. Yes, I would agree with that. It seems a little odd. Uh, I, I, mean, may, be I mean, maybe, maybe Riley, given Jason's history and whatever, maybe first and a first and a second team or whatever like that. But if they finish in the top two, they both would have been on the first team. Yeah. Oh, and yes. um, maybe they would have got somebody else on the second team too, like potentially Towns down or Towns, Teddy yeah. Ray or yeah, 
I mean, they're going to need Rangers come on of late too. I absolutely, he's a future person to be on some of those all NBA teams. Those two guys, Towns and Granger, have to be on their game on Wednesday. They have to be making those tough battles. You know, in in the rebounding, they got to be able to be a little bit more physical than DeVries if they're going to want this game uh, to move on. The only way they make the tournament is if they win this win this MIAA tournament, and they've got to go through Calvin. So it, it's that much, and that's bigger. just the beginning. Yeah, then they got to play two more games. Yeah, and potentially uh, trying who's the first place. Right uh, team. now, they can beat anybody. The MIAA for the men, anyone can beat anybody, which is great. It's going to be a very entertaining tournament. But that also means everybody can lose to everybody. Yeah. And uh, I don't think there's going to be any issue of Towns not bringing his A game. Uh, and Granger's played very well against Calvin the past couple games. He usually does. Um, if he can play as well defensively as he has offensively, I think that'll be a huge boost for them. Yeah. Um, and if Teddy Ray has a Teddy Ray game, they're winning. I'll tell you that right now. If, if Teddy Ray has a good game shooting, they will win. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of little things like that, um, which makes it exciting. But we get a hope Calvin part three. I, I love mean, it in the history in the history of the rivalry that's happened quite a bit. But usually it's in the MIAA final. Um, but I, you know, I like the parity in the league. This is going to be good, um, and that doesn't that won't diminish how nuts it's going to be. There no, not even at all. So. It's, it's going to be an, an incredible game. But Hope's going to have to stop the outside shooting. They're going to be. Needing to stop Alex Boss, who had a fantastic start to that 200 well, game. He, what he hit four threes the whole year coming in, and he hit yeah. four in the first two minutes. Yeah, I don't see that happening again. It probably doesn't, but be wary of that, obviously, because you can't give that that opportunity a second chance. For sure, for sure. And then moving on to the Hope Women, they get a bye in the first round. Um, and unlike the men's tournament, oh, let's start with. So that means they're playing Friday. Yes, they'll play like Friday at Trine, at Trine, but not against Trine. They'll no. be playing against the winner of Alma St. Mary's. Alma and St. Mary's, which either way they should cruise through that. The difference is while both tournaments seem to go through Trine this year, the men can all beat each other's teams easily. Nobody's beaten Hope or Trine except each other yeah. in this tournament. Excuse I mean, me, it was Albion St. Mary's. No, Albion Alma's Mary's. playing Calvin. Gotcha. Okay. I mean, Calvin's got some nice pieces there. Future looks pretty good with all the freshmen they've got started certainly but in this venue i don't see anybody beating uh beating hope or trying that's going to be the final um, i would agree with that now same thing trying to beat the hope women twice hard to beat a team three times but they'll be home with the big crowd and they'll be uh, favored for sure they've had the upper hand i mean what's it going to take for the women to win well they're going to need Frankie Buchanan to have her best game of the season of her career really um, but not only offensively does Hope need to be able to work that ball inside and get those those physical layups they're going to have to do what they did last game and they did it pretty successfully they stopped Brandy Dawson in the first half and, and she played okay um, she was the offensive player of the year for the MWA once again uh, no surprise she'll probably be an All-American she's one of the best players I think in the country no doubt but you have to be able to stop her or at least slow her down, in addition to slowing down Haley Williams and a couple of the other trying uh, players out there that can hurt you from the outside shooting. Uh, if you can slow that down and play your game like they did in the second meeting down at Trine um, and force a few more turnovers, make a few more three throws, you're winning that game. That's what That was the difference in the second game, really, yeah. for the Hope women. And I feel like Dawson's been there for like 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's been good uh, since a sophomore. Like, since sophomore. I mean, this is, it's just been kind of crazy. Um, 
you don't get we don't always get to know opponents as, as or well. non Calvin opponents we should say very well but we've gotten to know her yes because she's come up big in a lot of games for a lot of years she knows um, she she plays big in the big games that's right. what she did in the first game against Hope and it was very obvious and and even their coach said that she shows up in big games and here, another one's coming up likely with Hope and and she's gonna show up so it's all about slowing her down you're never gonna stop her but you can right. slow her down for sure and that's what they've done to Frankie a little bit. They've been able to slow her down a little bit. Right. Now, no one else has been able to slow her down at all. Um, she had a pretty memorable senior day on Saturday, uh, moving into second place all time in hope scoring, passing Carrie Snickers. I still can't believe it in general that yeah. that Frankie has passed so many people and I, and passed Snickers, which is just phenomenal. She, and she had fun with it. She played fantastic. She had... Huge support, her whole extended family. They all had Frankie shirts on with a crazy picture of her in sunglasses. It was really strange, uh, but really funny. And uh, she just lived it up. And she got the uh, you know the moment she deserves, you know, from the crowd and just from being there at the standing O's and just everything that she's done. She's been incredible. Um, and she kind of epitomizes what hope has been. I mean, you get star players, like star high school players, come to hope and they just buy into this blue collar system where defense is first yeah. and then you reap the benefits of that and she has epitomized that more than anybody that's ever played at hope um about how you can become how can re- you can reach your full potential even if you're not even sure what that potential is i mean she she couldn't couldn't even believe even though she knew she was going to pass Snickers this year because there's enough games, she still couldn't believe that she did it. She did it. She couldn't believe that she's even on that list at all, and you know that that she's getting all this attention now and everything, and she's earned every bit of it. Um, it was really, really fun to watch. Of course, the game was not really in ever in question. They started off on a twenty-four to zero run, not even close. <laughs> um, so. The other little nugget from that game that was really interesting is that uh, former or Hope's all-time leading three-point shooter Brittany Berry is Al- Olivet's head coach now. Um, she's their interim head coach the rest of the year. They uh, let go of their coach halfway through the year, and she's kind of tried to pick up the pieces here. Um, I think if she ends up getting the full-time job, Olivet's going to make a big turnaround. I think she's the right person for that job if she wants it. Um, but, yeah, that's uh, it was uh, a lot of a lot of fun, fun nuggets on Saturday. So... Uh, we'll see what happens in the tournament for both teams. Uh, we got postseason for Hope Swimming, too, this week. Uh, they're hosting the MIAA Championships at Holland Community Aquatic Center. It will come down to uh, Hope and Calvin on the women's side, and it will probably come down to Calvin and Albion on the men's side. Um, but uh, there's a lot of local swimmers all across the MIAA, uh, which is always fun to see them come together and compete against each other. We got... Uh, Riley Eating and uh, Mac Robertson and Riley on, and Ryan Underwood, I think, on all on Albion. Kate, uh, not Kate, uh, Claire C. Black, younger sister of Kate. They both there you go. That. She swims <laughs> for Kalamazoo. Uh, they both swim at Kalamazoo. Uh, there's a lot of Hope and Calvin kids ready to go. Um, it's going to be very, very interesting. Uh, there'll be a lot of coverage of that in the Sentinel this week. Um, then we got the high school conference swim championships too. West Ottawa is going to win their fourth consecutive okay red title I think pretty they're, easily right they're going pretty i mean this is the year for it to be decently easy yeah 
Um, Rockford's a little bit down from what they've been, and Hudsonville doesn't quite have the depth that West Ottawa does. So, but that'll be they the West Ottawa seniors will have won every single meet they've competed in for four years, except the state meet, and that could be coming That's crazy. And we'll talk a lot more about that when we get closer to the state meet. Uh, but then uh, the OK Green also you got uh, Holland, Holland Christian, Zeeland, and Hamilton. Um, Zeeland won the regular season. Uh, last year they split with Holland Christian. Holland Christian's got a ton of talent too. Um, and they're ranked number one in Division Three. Uh, so they want to s- give a little payback to Zealand like they did last year to force a split uh, in the title by winning the conference championship. But it'll come down to uh, Holland Christian and Zealand. Uh, should be a pretty entertaining meet. And then we got kids, you know, across the con- uh, country competing in stuff. Taylor Garcia will be competing for Michigan in the Big Ten Women's Championships this week. Um, and uh, Ashley Backus from Butler, from West Ottawa, who's got two screws in her spine, will be wow. competing in the Big East Championships for Butler. I'll read more about that in the Sentinel this week. Um, the Gliac, Grand Valley's in the GLIAC Championships, uh, so it'll be the last conference championship meet for West Ottawa grad Mercedes Martinez, uh, who could cap her career by winning the Butterfly. It would be very awesome. So, um, and everybody's trying to make nationals too. So we got a lot of swimming things going on, but we got a lot of wrestling too. Um, we had individual, uh, regionals this past weekend and Chris will be able to tell you the 142,000 wrestlers that are still, <laughs> uh, that are still moving on in the area. Not really that many, but we got seven, right? Seven from the area. We've got seven from the area going. Um, we had three from Hamilton that didn't make it. They all went 0 and two, a uh, couple from, uh, Zealand East, were close, but they missed out in the blood round. Um, same for Zealand West and West Ottawa's and Fenville's guys also missed um, in the blood round. So tough, uh, tough finish the for them. Winner, this is the that's the elimination round. Yeah, pretty much. The yeah, blood round, the right? blood round is is basically in the consolation bracket. If you if you you have to win two, if you win two, you're out, you're out before before you lose two, you're in. Um, unfortunately, if you lose in the blood round, that's your season's over. You win, you're out of the state finals, no matter what happens the next match that you wrestle. Um, but Holland sent five kids to the regionals, and all five made the state finals. That's really unheard of. It's incredible. I mean, well, and especially based on how they've been throughout the year and even from last year to this year, it's incredible that they all made it. Yes, absolutely. They had a couple guys that didn't return that were – one was a state qualifier, one was a regional qualifier last year, and they did not return this year. And they had a bit of a younger team um, and a couple guys that didn't even wrestle – last wednesday and their team regionals because of injuries and here they are a couple of the same guys making the state finals in individuals for how well they wrestled on saturday it's absolutely really cool to see that uh that experience pull through in such a tough a tough regional with lowell especially they are one of the best teams in the state mm-hmm. and that's the reason why they're actually at team states and they send a, a bunch more to the individual state finals um so we've got easton mendoza he was the regional champion in Division Two at 112. Um, Carter Henson of Zealand East, he was a runner-up uh, in 119. Um, in addition, also, Zealand West, Taji Vorvong, 119, same weight class. Both made it from East-West. He finished Very fourth. Cool. Um, and then we got a couple guys from Holland. Uh, Javier Ramos at 215. Isaiah Brunel at 125 finished third. And then Michael Landin of, at 285. And Jaeger uh, Shippa at 152 finished fourth. So they'll all be competing at Ford Field March 1st and 2nd uh, in the state finals. Very exciting. I mean, we had we had a couple times this year where we thought we might have 
20 kids make the state finals. And we had a couple other times where we were wondering if anybody was going to make the yeah. state finals. Uh, and to have seven and have it split up over three different schools, I mean, that's pretty good. That's, that's impressive. Good. Yeah. I mean, I it's, it's a bummer for some of the other schools that, you know, had some kids close. Um, but it's not a huge drop-off of state qualifiers this year that yeah. we thought at one point of this year that we thought it might be. Um, so that's that's really encouraging for the sport and for the area. Yeah. Yeah, that everybody else had somebody, at least one person that was close. Um, so, and it just shows you how hard it is to get there. Yeah. I mean, if yeah. if uh, Jimenez from West Ottawa didn't make the state finals, it must be real tough. Yeah. And it is real tough, especially in his division. division Certainly. One, he I was mean. close. He lost in the blood round, actually. So, uh, yeah. what's, what's even more surprising is that Holland also had two kids lose in the blood round of districts that could have made it to the regional finals. And they... One kid, I, 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 I'm blanking on his name right now, he was actually ahead by two points and then got pinned in the final period. Well, so had he avoided that pin, he could have been at regionals and he could have advanced to state finals. It could have been yeah. six. Um, yeah. So it's, it's pretty incredible yeah. um, for, it's a, for Holland. It's a big, yeah, it's a big year for them. Now, hopefully they don't just say, hey, we made it. What a big year. And then, you know, they got to keep pushing. Make it a, make it a big finish. Uh, so you never know. I mean, and as they proved in the regionals, you never know what can happen. Right. If, if you know, if, especially if one person does well, it kind of can get the ball rolling for everybody else. So, um, yeah, we got high school. Oh, we should mention too. Uh, West Ottawa Hockey's won eight of their past nine games. Not bad, right? Not too bad. Not bad at all. <laughs> Not bad at all. I mean, they had started very uneven this year, and they're kind of putting it together at the right time, which is going to be interesting. We'll have more on them uh, soon. Um, and then high school hoops. This is the last week. Of girls, boys, doubleheaders, Chris. We it's, got districts uh, next week for the boys. It's crazy. Um, Friday's matchups. We've got uh, Saugatuck and Fenville in the Never Forgotten game at Fenville, which is always um, incredible. Uh, interesting side nugget to that one. Uh, Saugatuck's Madeline Moore reached 1,000 career points last night um, in their makeup game last night. So that will uh, she'll be playing in that game. It'll be interesting. What a, what a week for what a past couple weeks for yeah points we had Osborne for Hamilton get that last week and we had Buchanan from Hope passing passing Snickers and, some, then, and then prior yeah. to that Jason Beckman making that making a thousand that milestone. in two years yeah, yeah. incredible crazy. crazy yeah it's the time it's that season you know the end of the season you get some things happening like that but that's still more than I expected mm-hmm. um, other cool matchups we got Zealand East versus Holland Christian in a doubleheader. Um, and their girls matchup was the be- one of the best defensive matchups I've ever seen last time. Um, it was like 20 to eight or 20 to 12 at halftime. Both teams played great defense throughout. Um, and it was just Holland Christian made a few more shots, uh, to hold off a comeback by the chicks. Um, Holland Christian boys, you know, have been great this year. They've, uh, lost both to unit first place unity. They lost one to Zealand West um this i feel like this could be could be a kind of dangerous game for them not because uh they're not talented enough to win this game but obviously clayton dykehouse for zealand east continues to get healthier and healthier and they're looking to put together some momentum going into the tournament and um you know i mean holland christian i think might need to win this to ensure second place or to not be in a share of second place i think they're going to be in second place no matter what they will, but they do need to win this game to ensure to have it by themselves. At, at least a, a share of second place. They're tied right now with Zealand West. They're both seven and three. 
Um, so this is going to be interesting to see how both games might play out for both teams. Yeah. Obviously, I believe Holland Christian will beat Holland this evening and on Tuesday. Um, Zealand West, I don't know who they're playing off the top of my head, um, but they're also in second place. So it's going to be playing unity tonight. So they'll they'll probably lose, right? Um, unless something crazy happens, right? But it's I mean it's it, that that last game too. I mean, like I'm not saying that like it it's it's. It, Holland Christian will probably have nothing standings wise to gain, as they're already looking oh, to the tournament because yeah. they want to. They're going to have a rematch, you know, with Unity, and they're they're going to try to be. And they're very very talented. It's just dangerous, especially in high school, to have kids looking ahead. Um, yeah, and certainly. I'm not saying that they will do that, but this is one of those games that you know, with Zealand East having nothing to lose going into the tournament, they're just trying to going to be trying some things and yeah, you know, whatever. Yeah, but it would, should make it a really interesting matchup. Actually, yeah. is I guess was the point I was. <laughs> yeah, it should be very competitive. It should be very and and second place is on the line. I mean, the yeah. Ducks do play Unity tonight. They play Byron Center on Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, Friday's game is very winnable for the Ducks. So this this tonight could come down to who wins second place. Mm-hmm. Um, but certainly Friday's games um, have implications as well for sure. And then we got West, West Ottawa hosting Hudsonville for a doubleheader. It's going to be their Purple Power uh, Purple Power game. That's always a, a very emotional night for everybody as they uh honor family fans and family members who have had cancer and raise uh money and awareness for cancer research um it's always a pretty special night kind of crazy that that's the same night as the never forgotten and uh you know some other good local matchups too which means basketball is the winner on friday absolutely uh, because that's uh it's going to be a lot of meaningful things happening all over the place before we get into districts and then districts for the boys start next week. It's going to be really interesting. Um, it's a little different now that they start before the girls. We're used to the girls right, starting first. Right. And, and then now they're flip-flopping each year. And it's it's interesting. Holland Christian has a chance. Anybody that can beat Unity has a chance. So if Holland Christian can beat Unity, they got a chance. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then West Ottawa and Holland and East and West are all in the same district. They should be all the same. Which I don't know if that means. Well, They'll all beat up on each other and whatever, but they got all got to play Hudsonville. I think yeah. they all got to get through Hudsonville. So I'm not really sure what to make of that one, really. Um, I know Saugatuck's got a tough draw. Fenville's, uh, you know, got a tough draw being up. Uh, they're up one division, right? Yeah. and uh, But, I mean, they, they might have an outside shot there. Uh, but Hamilton and Holland Christian, um, you know, if they get you – know, it's, it's all about getting through unity, really. Um and then you know Calvary might could make a run. We don't even you know you never know. They're playing pretty well as a late. Saugatuck, which I don't know if they've ever beat Saugatuck before. Um, and you know I just don't know enough about those other Alliance League teams that aren't from here. You know to know if they got a good draw or not. Right. I mean a lot of times they're in a draw with like Tri Unity Christian and and stuff like that. So I don't I'm not really sure what their what their chances are, but they're playing really well. Yeah. Moving into districts, which is good. So, yeah. Um, yeah, but we'll we'll be back to talk about girls districts next week. We'll have a recap on the MIAA tournaments and all that postseason stuff as we look ahead to, um, you know, hopefully so we get some boys teams to get through, and uh, you know we'll maybe and we'll have hope women for sure uh, talk about them going to the NCAA tournament because that is uh, that's pretty definite. I would say so. Um, yes. So the the men they got to win to get in though. They got to win to get they in. Do. They can't even win two and get to the final. And a rough and tumble in my double A. It's it's they got to win to get <laughs> one's in. One's going out of there. That's it. 
Right. Right. I mean, the only team that's got a chance to make it if they don't win is trying. True. True. Otherwise, no one's got a chance. And that still could be it. Yeah. That after all trying did for the men's side to win the whole league, they lose. If they lose in the final, there's a good chance they don't make it, which is why it's called it's March really Madness. Crazy. Really, I mean, even though uh, we're still in February. Well, but, we're getting know, close to March here. Yeah. Let the madness begin a little early. So, um, but yeah, we'll uh, we'll talk about all that stuff. Looking forward uh, next week, and uh, yeah, this is the last chance for those basketball games. You're, if you've never seen, I say this all the time. If you've never seen a Sagatuck Fenville game, this is the time to see it. This is the time to see it. You might have to call ahead for tickets, though. I think they are uh, potentially sold out. Maybe I don't know if sold out if they're, but at least they're trying to track it this time because their gym is so small. Um, that they need to not have it be a fire hazard yeah. game. Uh, but West Ottawa, Hudsonville with the Purple Power is great. Um, and there's a lot of other good matchups around, uh, too. Good basketball, good rivalries. Um, or if you like swimming, there's plenty of conference swimming, college, high school, you name it, going on this week. So a uh, full week of sports. So you'll have a full, a busy weekend of packed sports sections in the Sentinel. So... Uh, Enjoy your weekend. Get out and watch some sports. And for Chris, I'm Dan. See you next week.